Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, I'm Yannick Hanfman. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kudler. This is Sebastian Wolfler. It's Mark Andrea Wittler. I am Francisco Serundolo. And, and you're listening to the Game to Podcast. podcast. Hopefully you enjoy it. <laughs> Novak Djokovic comes in. He steals the title. He wins the 23rd Grand Slam. He's the first guy in history to win 23 Grand Slam. Alcaraz is going to win Roland Garros this year. He wants to be the greatest player. He wants to emulate some of the big goats of the game. I think Iga's going to win Roland Garros and win it back to back. It doesn't happen often. Iga Sriantec is going to be picking up her third and in the men's Daniel Mopadou. Rude winning Roland Garros. Akhtapenko is going to get her second Roland Garros title. Carlos Alcaraz is going to win the men's side. Iga's fiance is going to uh, to win on the women's. Daniel Medvedev and Jessica Pagula will bring home the trophy this year. Novak Djokovic clinching his 23rd. And then on the women's side, we put Ostapenko. On the women's side, been on fire, has won titles on every surface. Her name is Elena Rabakina. And on the men's, Carlos Alcaraz will win his first French Open. Novak Djokovic is the 2023 Roland Garros champion. Hey, welcome back, tennis fans. Here we are. Day six has concluded. Uh, another podcast from us and some big names going through today and some really exciting matches again. Some going the absolute distance and some really, really easy wins on the women's side as well. Isn't that right, JG? Yeah, it's been a really good day of tennis. Uh, the story which has stole my heart, as, is, as you just saw from the intro, one of the friends of the podcast, Sebastian Offner, is through... Um, and we just really didn't think he could go this far. 
I did have him in my bracket going this far. I had him as my number one qualifier to work. But did I really believe he was going to do it? I'm not so sure. It's, of course, so difficult to do in a Grand Slam. And this now is his best ever result. And he's at his career high. I think he's at like 70, 80 in the world. He wins another one. He's going to be knocking on the door of top 50. That, for me, is the magical story. We obviously yeah. had big results with Djokovic coming through against a really tricky Spaniard. Not Rafa, not Adkaraz, but Davidovic Vikina. I thought he was great, but Djokovic did well to fend him off. We had Adkaraz in the evening demolish Shapovalov. So, the, sto- the same story as always. And on the women's, I think it's important to speak about one player who is silently just going about her business, winning every set really easily, is the WTA race leader, Sabalenka. Mm. And uh, the reason I say she's going about it quietly is because I don't think we've really mentioned her at all in any of these episodes. But yet, you've got to say, she's probably been the best lady on tour this year and also at Roland Garros. Yeah, most definitely. I don't know why no one's speaking about her more. Obviously, the focus all goes on to eager in these uh, types of tournaments. I think the... people are. I just don't think we have. That's what I'm saying. I don't think we've spoke about her enough. Okay. This Roland Garros. That's what I'm saying. Maybe that's why. Maybe it's just us then. That's, we're so solely focused on eager and even the new stars coming yeah, through. I think that's what it is, maybe. Nearer. We got a bit wrapped up with the younger stars and have ignored Saba, Rebecca and eager not been playing great. Saba has been. So why are we not talking about her? Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of stories. I feel that, not to discredit her opponents, but she hasn't had the most difficult draw yet. I mean, she's played... Kostyuk was was tough, I'd say, the first match, but she sort of made easy work. And then she had Shymanovic and then uh, Rakamova. And I'd, I'd have her beating them any day of the week. So... It can only get harder for her and more testing, and I'm sure her name will be gracing our mouths more. She's got Sloane Stevens in the next round. That may be slightly tougher. Sloane's been all right, but still liable to have a terrible set as she did again today. Yeah, right. Let's get into the tweets, and we're going to start off yep. with the one and only Carlitos, Carlos Alcaraz, the guy I have winning Roland Garros, and he's put out there saying, Paris, La Nuit. Uh, see you on Sunday. Yeah, there he what is. Does that mean Paris um, at night? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Yep. Uh, see you on Sunday. I mean, there's no better sight in tennis. I mean, it sort of gives you shades of Rafa, doesn't it? Under the lights, a little bit. Roland Garros, a little bit like that. Same racket. Tan, tan Spaniard, yeah, a little bit like it. Um, it was super exciting. I feel that. He's starting to worry me. Obviously, I've got Djokovic winning my bracket. And the more I've watched Carlos Alcaraz play, the more scared I've become that it will be the eventual semi-final for Djokovic should they meet each other there. And what he did, I thought, Chapeau started to look like he was actually going to come back and it was 4-1 up in that second set. But then he goes and loses five games in a row. Or I say Carlos wins five in a row in the second set and then takes it in straight sets. I mean, sort of plain sailing, just a small little blip there. But Chapeau, he'll be disappointed to have lost that second set. And look at that record. Um, yeah. 33 wins, three losses this year. The three losses coming against Marazan, Sinner and Cam Norrie uh, yep. towards the start of the year on the clay courts which is strange, really, that 
def not the three best players on tour. I mean, he's played the likes of Medvedev, Djokovic, um, and Zverev, Sissipas, these guys, and he's fine against all of them. But Nori Marazan and Sinner is where he come unstuck. But 33 victories. This is why it's so difficult to look past him as the eventual champion. He is the favourite for a reason. And I thought the way he's played this whole tournament has been great. I know he did drop a get set against Tara Daniel. In this match against Shapovalov, Shapovalov, you could say, probably did bottle the second set. He was 4-2 up and then lost four games in a row. And then from that moment, he was 4-1 just- up. Completely four one up. Sorry. Yeah. Um. So what? Five games in a row then. Yeah. But yeah, Denis Shapovalov. I think he is going down the dodgy but slippery path. He's done all right to get to here, I guess, because I didn't even see him making it this far. It wasn't easy for him, but really, that's not the story. The story is Carlos Alcaraz, and he wins sets very comfortably. That's what I've noticed. A lot of the matches he's played this year have been, uh. Very one-sided results. He has the ability to blow opponents out the water. wasn't too long ago when we were talking about him against Daniel Medvedev. The bookies had that in the final as a complete even match. Uh, do you remember? Was that Indian Wells? I think it might have been. Yeah, uh, I think so. But look what happened. It wasn't even at all, and he just completely blitzed him. So, yeah, amazingly, yeah, this year, and he's going to be playing in the next round. Another player who has also been blitzed, not the whole year, but at Roland Garros. And out of everyone we've seen so far, I would say this man here, Lorenzo Massetti, has been the best player at Roland Garros. I think he's been the most impressive. And his ball striking and lack of unforced errors has blown me away. It's mesmerising. He's someone with his style of play. It's extremely risky. What you'd usually yeah. see of unforced errors. We're not seeing him. He's not making mistakes. But he's not even dropped a set yet in this whole entire tournament. And he's not played bad players either. Mikhail Ema, Shevchenko, who I thought would give him a close run. Didn't happen. Cam Norrie, very, very solid clay court player. Like we said, one of the only people to have beaten Alcalaz on yep. clay this year. And he just absolutely obliterated Cam Norrie today. It wasn't even close. wasn't even a contest. That's just that's the Massetti we want to see, and like I, like you were saying, like n- not many unforced errors. I'd say. I mean, there's still a, a lot, but Cam Norrie had double the amount, if not more, unforced errors than Lorenzo Musetti in this match, and that was sort of the the tale of of that match. He looks great. I feel like his movement's good. He's serving. That's one thing that he didn't used to be known for. The serve. I feel like his serves really come on as well, and the forehand's been his weapon of choice. His backhand was the thing that sort of burst him on the scene, and now the forehand seems to be almost as deadly, if not more. Now, yeah, his ball striking is one of the best. Um, I don't know if you've got the next tweet, but it's about Massetti, and this is from yeah. Relevant Tennis. And it's there's just an outrageous performance. Lorenzo Massetti eases past Cam Norrie 6 1, 6 2, 6 4. Uh, winning two hours, 10, and reaches the second week of a slam for the second time of it in his young career. He hasn't lost a set in his last two matches. He's only conceded 11 games in seven sets. Wow. Exactly what they say at the end there. That is a big wow. And really good for, for Italy as well, because they lost Fanini today. But Sanego and him sort of flying the flag now for Italy. Obviously, Yannick Sinner departed. 
He's doing it much more convincingly than Sonego, though, isn't he? Uh, but it doesn't get any tougher than Carlos Alcaraz in your next match. So I think he's had the perfect preparation to come through to maybe play Alcaraz. He's fresh. He's not. He's no excuses to say, oh, I'm super tired. I played a five-set match and blah, blah, blah. No, he's super fresh and he should be able to give his best performance against Carlos Alcaraz. And that's what makes it even more exciting because they're both going to be fresh, both coming off the back of very comfortable victories. And this is the match that we've been sort of teeing up for for some time, isn't it? Them facing each other in a slam. Yeah, and it's funny you started with the blah, blah, blah the moment you mentioned Italians. <laughs> just <laughs> I don't know why. You... It just comes out. <laughs> but yeah. Um... <laughs> Funny moment, that. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you realised that you was doing it. Uh, but for those who don't know, there is a private joke. Ben knows an Italian who often speaks to him. And every now and then, he's waiting for an important part of the conversation. He goes, blah, blah, blah. Him, <laughs> Ben's on, done ben. the same thing there. That's it. I'm learning. I'm learning from the best. That's right. It's rubbing off on me. I'm hanging around too many Italians, I think, in my life. But... If they play tennis like Musetti, I'm happy to hang around them, that's for sure. But that match, yeah. mate, what do you make uh, of it? Well, just quickly, bef- just talking about Italian tennis, I know you touched on Cena going out and also mm. Fanini today. If I had to assess the state of Italian tennis, obviously it's one of the best. They have so many young talents coming through who aren't even at Roland Garros playing challenges week in, week out, who could amount to be top players. If I had to pinpoint a singular Italian player, it would probably be Lorenzo Massetti. And it's not Yannick Sinner. And that may surprise people because Sinner's a more established player. He's got better results on tour so far. And people are talking him as maybe the next big three kind of thing with him, Runa and Alcaraz. But what I see in difference in Massetti to Sinner is for a start, they're both Italians who play completely different games. Their styles are not similar at all. They've got extremely different styles. The only thing they have in common is they can both hit a running forehand extremely well uh, and backhand, I guess. They're just very good on the run. Snager as well. <laughs> one thing about Massetti, which is different to Sinner, is I fancy him to win a Grand Slam before Sinner would. And I can't pinpoint why that is exactly. I just think he has. He has mentally maybe something which Sinner doesn't. It's weird you should say it, isn't it? Especially after he had all those struggles with the mental side. Well, I'm not saying, you know? listen, I'm not saying he's the finished package by no means. No. I'm, not th- I'm not saying he's mentally strong either. He could easily go out the next few rounds and not be there. I still, if I had to put my money down and someone was telling me, you need to choose an Italian who's going to win a slam first, my money would be on Massetti. And that's before Berrettini and Sinner. Yeah, it's weird how Berrettini sort of out of the picture at the moment, isn't it? He's too many Who injuries. Who would yours be while we're doing this? What Italian's going to win a stand first? It's got to be out of them three. Yeah, I mean, my the obvious choice is Yannick Sinner, but I've been, I'm struggling with him at the moment. People probably think I've been really harsh on the... or I keep pulling him up on everything. But I think you've got to pull people up when they're sort of letting you down. And I feel like he has let a lot of his fans down with some of the performances at big tournaments. I've got him in my pre-season predictions to win the US Open. I don't know how realistic that is really at the moment. I feel that his confidence will be shattered a bit right now and it's going to take a little bit of time to to come back. Whereas Musetti, like you said, he's flourishing. And if 
someone's going to do well or go deeper in a slam. It looks like Musetti on clay would probably go deeper than Sinner would on any other surface. So if you had to give an answer? Yeah, I think I'd go with you. With Musetti. Well, I Berrettini? Berrettini, I feel like a bit of a one-trick pony, though. That's the problem. No, no offence. He's good on the grass, and he's not bad on the other surfaces either, but it's really just a big serve and a forehand. And I, I feel that Musetti's got more into his game than that. He's more exciting. He's got those drop shots. So Sinner as well. Sinner yeah. class. I'd say that Musetti's all-round game and Sinner's all-round game better than Berrettini for sure. Right, let's move on. Yes. And I don't know if you want to quickly just talk, if you go back to the image before we go on to Djokovic. Let's, yeah, we can talk about this one. This is a perfect one. Let's do do this preview, really, because yeah. Carlos Adkaz is going to be facing Lorenzo Massetti. Then we're going to move on to Djokovic and some other matches. But I feel we've got to talk about this one first. I think it's going to be fireworks. And I don't think Alcaraz is going to get it all his own way. No. I feel that this is coming at a time when Carlos Alcaraz is going to be pushed extremely hard. And we may be looking at five sets here because I feel Lorenzo Massetti has had the better of Alcaraz on a few occasions. I don't know if, you're, if this is correct, but a challenger they played in when we was watching, I feel like Massetti won. The last time they played, I think Massetti won as well. Okay. Alcaraz did win in, in the middle there. I thought that they played... Oh, right. I've only got them playing twice. I think one was in the challenger where Alcaraz won and the last time was in a final in Hamburg where Massetti won. I thought, I thought Massetti beat him in a challenger. Maybe I'm wrong. The other way around, I think it is. Yeah, it's that you're thinking of. But Alcaraz won. They always go to three it's sets. It's always but... a third set and it's tight. Yeah. And, well, this is what Carlos had to say. He said, I was watching him before my match. He won minutes before I started playing. I know him very well. He played a lot of tournaments when we were kids. We played last year. He beat me. I'm going to take revenge now. Fight and talk. I love that. I love it. I, this is what I want. This is what everybody is missing from tennis. I know that he always says it a bit tongue-in-cheek and doesn't want to, like offend anybody but I feel like you've got to go in there a little bit I like it when people call people out like we said with Andreeva saying if I play Sabalenka again I'm gonna beat her I'm gonna get my revenge yes yeah, say it say it out loud so everybody knows your intentions I like that is, is he gonna beat him though he's gonna definitely give it his best shot but I don't think it's guaranteed at all and there's no worse time to play Musetti than right now because True. he looks on fire I'm I literally can't. Mate, I'm call. calling four or five sets. I think it's. I think five is fair. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's what... good though. It is for Djokovic. They're going to exhaust each other out. <laughs> Djokovic is like calling for a seven-hour thriller in that match. And who's Djokovic got? Djokovic in his next round match is Radius. Five again. <laughs> no. It's always five with Valia. It's an easier match for Rias than, they, than these two as well. They have 15 sets. This tournament. <laughs> Absolutely. Rias is really good, but I, I would, I'm interested to see it, but I think Djokovic will have too much. But yeah, I'm really excited for this one. Of course, we're going to be covering it on the channel. We'll do a build up for it as well. It's going to be a big one. Biggest match on paper so far at Roland Carros. You do not want to miss it on the channel. But let's move on to Djokovic because he was in action today. And me and Ben did cover the match. I thought he'd come up against a very inspired Spaniard in Fikina 
who gave yeah. his all. He pushed everything into this match. It wasn't enough. He was able to break Djokovic on loads of occasions. He got back into matches where it looked like he was out of, or sets, where it looked like he was out of, but ultimately ended up losing straight sets. And Djokovic, stamina-wise, I'm just blown away by him. <laughs> like, the first set, he looked tired. I kept saying, he looks really tired, Ben. What's going on? The longer this goes on, it's going to really damage him. But then as it goes on, he gets less and less tired. I mean, he's, he's not really human, Djokovic. He's, I feel like he is a robot. It's something to behold, isn't it? When you see one of the I oldest players on it. tour. One of the oldest players on tour. And as the match goes on, he just gets stronger and stronger and fitter and fitter. And just everything starts working. I said it during the match. It's like a... He's like a machine that at the moment, because of his age, I feel like takes a little bit of time to get going. But once he's going, the engine's running. There's no stopping him. He can go five sets easily. And he didn't even look tired at all in the third set. And Fakina started to, you could see he was starting to run out of ideas, run out a little bit of energy, stopped running things down as much. Yeah, I think was he just... was exhausted as well. Yeah. Djokovic after the match said, I don't remember when I played last time three hours uh, for two sets maybe against the Dow in one of our matches. Like he yeah. was trying to recall the last time he played a set that long or two sets, which were three hours in total. Fakina played great though. I think he yeah, really he did, did yeah. gave a really good account of himself and proved why he's beaten Djokovic before. He's a really good player. Unfortunately for him, he's up against like one of the greatest. So that's going to happen to run him close and break him so many times on his serve. I don't think Djokovic will be that happy with some of his performances in those games where he got broken. He got so many double faults. I mean, pretty much handed him a break a few times. But still, you can only beat what's in front of you. And Fakina still had some amazing rallies, some uh, great tactics as well. The drop shot that he kept bringing Djokovic in and then passing yeah. or lobbing him, that was a great tactic that he used to great effect. So well I done to him. Big from the baseline as well. There's point times when he was winning the longer rallies and yeah. yeah, all in all, very entertaining match. I recommend watching the highlights because there were some spectacular shots. I think maybe some of them would make the highlight reel for top top ten shots of the tournament, maybe. Um looking at this stat here, oh, sorry, sorry, just go back one. He's won thirty now of his thirty one slam sets in twenty twenty three. So moving on. <laughs> Scary. Uh, yeah, and then moving on to his next statistic. Uh, Novak Djokovic in Grand Slam. 17 consecutive wins, 24 consecutive sets won, 30 and 1 in 2023. 295 and 5 when he has won the first set. That's 96 consecutive wins. Oh my word, that's crazy. And 51 and 0 in round threes. I didn't realize that. So the first set really is so important for Djokovic. That and he's always in a tie break. <laughs> so yeah. how does that work? Well, he gets that tie break. Yeah, exactly. Fifty-one and three in round three. He's never lost a round three. Fifty-one and zero in round three. Sorry, that's what I mean. Yeah, that. Yeah, so just not losing in round three. That's pretty good. He's always getting to at least always getting to the second week. Good going. Amazing. Moving right. on. Um, who are we going to tackle next? I saw another one in here, but I think we I had to skip past it. There was, bear with me. I think it's the Hercatch and Valias. Here it is. Yes, this one. Um, Hubert Hercatch. He went, both of these players have been to five sets uh, twice 
and then yep. they had to go to five sets yet again. And I did put a tweet out in the fourth set that said, uh, I can't even remember what I said now. There's certain things that are destined destined to happen. The sunrise, the sunset, and Freddie's her catch goes to five. <laughs> and then it still did go to five as well, which yeah, it's just yeah, destiny. I mean, the important thing about this is this is the opponent which Djokovic is going to be playing. Yes. So we spoke about, we've spoken about Massetti Alcaraz as the next match. The next match for Djokovic is going to be Juan Pablo Varillas. And as Ben said, he's now played, what's it, 20 sets? 15, 15, 15 sets. sets. 20 is yeah. a bit much. Yeah. But yeah, 15 sets in three matches. I thought it was four for a second. It could be 20 sets after this one if he can push Djokovic to five. If he can, he's one of the few people I believe to actually beat him in five. I think he can do it because he's got so much determination and he seems to get Stand better up. as the match goes on. I actually yeah. placed a bet on this match. I haven't done it much this Roland Garros. And my bet was over, uh, no, over 3.5 sets. So basically both <laughs> players to win a set. Easy. Come in very quickly. One all after just over an hour. Yeah, I mean, that one was destined. To... It was an obvious one. Good, good, Never good, good value as well. Never straight sets that was going, ever. There was no chance in hell. Uh, for me, I always knew that... I even said that he was going to come back and win that. I thought he was going to come back from two sets down to come yeah. and win it again. But it wasn't like that one. It was uh, He was two sets to one up. And then he lost one. And then he eventually turned it back around. Sometimes that can be difficult when you just lost that fourth Agreed, one yeah. to then like re-engage yourself and credit to Offner because he did exactly the same today as well. Like a very heavy defeat in the fourth set and then came back. Maybe he was saving himself. We'll never know. But I think I feel like Valias he's been on court for close to 12 hours now. So that will that take a toll going into that next match? Maybe for other players, I feel like for him, he'll probably handle it in the same way Novak Djokovic might. He loves the grind. He loves the long rallies. He loves the clay courts. I'm sure he'll be a bit tired, but I'm sure the occasion, the adrenaline, everything will get him through playing Novak on a, I'm sure it'll be Philip Chatria. Yeah. And just talking about Sebastian Offner, let's bring it up because he Oof. is the guy in the intro, the guy we met in Awareness. Oh. And he managed to get past Fanini. And it's similar in the way Varias won where he lost the fourth and then come back and won the fifth. And he looked well, he looked in control, really, in that fifth until the latter stages when he started serving out and then got broken. Yeah. Uh, and then Fanini held, and then he had to serve it out, and then he was able to do it. And I thought he was really good. We you got to see quite a bit of the match because he was watching it in, uni, in uh, unison with the Djokovic one. Yeah. And I thought... He was very dominant. He played some aggressive tennis. I thought his smashes at the net weren't very good. And he allowed Fanini back in a few times. I thought he got a bit fortunate sometimes with the net court. All in all, though, Fanini played very well. And we know when he plays very well, he is one of the best players in the world on clay. There's no doubts about that. And Offner still come up with enough answers to beat an informed Fanini on clay. And I think that speaks volumes. You don't even need to say much more about that. He was able to beat and inform Fanini, and not many people can say they've done that. I thought, well, I was worried as well. At 5-2, when he was serving out for it and failed to serve out for it, you knew that he had another chance to do it, and I was worried that it was going to be too much for him. But some of the shots he did in that final game as well, he did a forehand on the run, 
which were yeah. went straight past on the tightest of angles past Benini. It was match incredible. Point. It was incredible. And then he aces him on match point. I can't, you can't write it. That was exactly what we wanted. An ace from Offner on match point. And you saw him how, I don't know, how much it meant to him on the court. And great to see. Um, Austria, I've got a new... Austrian number one now, which is yeah. ahead of Dominic Crazy. team. He's ahead of Dominic team. You would have thought that, eh? Uh, we was just talking to him, saying, oh, you played Dominic team the other week. You must be thinking, <laughs> Dominic team must be saying, oh, I played Offner. <laughs> I wonder if Dominic <laughs> team's telling everyone up the pub. I played against him. I know who he yeah. is. But now, credit to Offner. Brilliant. And um, I hope he can keep the run going. Next up, Sissipas. Oh, my words. Yeah. Sissipas, unfortunately for Schwartzman. It was, it was too easy for Sissipas. I feel Schwartzman had a good tournament, considering his form. But Sissipas just far too good for and him. Sissipas maybe we've shot of the tournament, the backhand just round the side of the net. I don't know if you've oh, seen that. Yeah, I did. It was really, really nice. I like the angle they got, where it's the perfect one round the post, so you can see how low the ball was travelling <laughs> just to get it round there. Incredible. But yeah, well done to Sissipas as well. That will be the next matchup on that one. And uh, we're going to go over to the women's now. Yep. Let's have Let's a look. Because obviously we had a rematch of the Strasbourg final, which was Svitolina versus Blinkova. It was Ukraine and Russia on court again. And uh, this one, Svitolina came out on top. And then she had this to say about uh, Daria Kasatkina speaking out against Russia, which... It's been a, like a sort of narrative going through this tournament a little bit, hasn't it? We've had a mm. few Russian, Ukrainian, or Belarusian, Ukrainian matchups. And well, we it's had always... booed off on day one. Yeah, exactly. First so... match of the tournament, she was booed off. Yeah, so this is uh, a good development, I would say, between the two. And, and this is Kasatkina, uh, who was speaking out against Russia. And... Svitolina said, I'm thankful to Dasha for taking this position. It's uh, it's what we expect from others. This is really brave from her. And it is really brave because you can't say speaking out against your own country isn't brave, especially in a time of like war and stuff. So Kasatkina, uh, fair play to her. She's set her stance. Others have still said, I still feel like Sabalenka's spoken out as well. She hasn't given that, she hasn't been given the same amount of uh, nice words, though, even though she said she's totally against it all. but It's, it's been a little bit different with Sabalenka, but let's not get into it on this episode. Yeah. I want to talk about Svitolina's tennis, and I thought she fought really hard. She said how Galmon Fies being courtside gave her a lot of motivation oh, it's great. Um, and pushed her across the line. Of course, we saw what he was able to do in five sets not too long ago against... Who's, who did he beat? Oh my word! Don't don't do this to me. God, how do you not know? Oh my word! It was the night. Baez, there we go. Baez, beating Baez. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) Cheers, Ben. (laughs) Literally, great to have you as a co-host. We do these do these two late at night. (laughs) But no, I think um, she used that as a bit of motivation and managed to get through her match and. Yeah, let's see how she can fare in the next one. I think it's going to be a little bit tougher in the next one because I saw she's got someone very good. I think it could be, uh, is it Kasatkina? Let me have a look. It is Kasatkina. Yeah, that's probably yeah. why this, this is the story. Yeah. <laughs> but So I think it's going to be tough, but what happened to... I don't know. Might, might go three sets. 
what happened to your girl Stearns? He's figuring her Stearns out. Stearns out. And also, one of my other girls, Towson, out today. Yeah. So it's not looking like I've called any good outsiders on the women's at all. The only one was one of my qualifiers, Andreva, but you had her too. Yeah, that's true. Stearns, but that was the first matchup today, and that was the one that I was really looking forward to. I thought, wow, we've been speaking about Stearns so much on this. And she got breadsticked and Yeah, bait. we really did jinx her, I think. Yeah, I feel like we did. Pagula out. That was another one. Maybe we should just go through. Um, I've got a Sabalenka tweet yeah. here first. Obviously, she won today against Rakimova, 6-2-6-2. Yeah, tennis-wise, she's been doing brilliant. There's not really much to say about it because it's just been so easy. And I started yeah. this episode talking about how we've not spoken about her enough. And maybe we should speak about her a little bit more, but I guess it's, I think you summed it up. You answered my question and that's because she's not played anyone of note. But one thing what has been going on is she's not doing press conferences in the main press conference room. Yeah. She missed her one today and she said it's for her own personal mental health and well-being. I decided to take myself out of this situation today and the tournament has supported me in this. Uh, On Wednesday, I didn't feel safe in the press conference. So, I think she's getting a bit sick of all the questions which aren't related to tennis, which she's been yeah. getting dealt. And it's caused her to now only speak to a select number of journalists in a confined, safe space. So whatever works for her, I don't mind that. I don't like it when players just come out and say, I'm not speaking to any media at all. A bit like what Osaka did. I think yeah. it's important for the sport that they do speak to the media. Yeah. Sabah's not doing that. She is speaking, but she just wants to do it in her own way to a select few in a more safe environment, which is totally fine. If she was completely not speaking to anyone, then I'd have an issue with it. Yeah, and I feel that it's fair enough because of the line of questioning she's getting. I can understand it a lot more than if somebody was just saying, I don't want to do it. But yeah, uh, it's not going to be the nicest line of questioning. You know that people are always going to be just getting a click, at trying to get a click out of her, that's all. So, yeah, fair play. She's still playing well. Just let your tennis do the talking. She seems to be doing that very well at the moment. Let's just run through the the matches that we've had today and uh, have a look at some other notable mentions. Sorry, just going to try and work. I feel like out. we've done this, but what we will talk about is Merton. She did great beating Pegula. I'm happy about that. Uh, Towson went out. Mukova, your player you had going very deep. She's doing the business, so you must be pleased. Yeah. Very pleased, yeah. She went through very comfortably against Begu. That was very, very convincing. On the men's side, Hachanov threw again into another fourth round. Seems to just do it at the slams, doesn't he? Oh, he's the Russian on the men's who does better than all of them, it seems, in slams. He does <laughs> better than Karatsev, be Rublev and Medvedev. The Rublev last five slams. It is crazy, isn't it? Like Rublev must be sick of like Karatsev's been to a semi-final, Medvedev's got a slam, and Hachanov's—he's been to semi-final, and well, he might win a slam before <laughs> Rublev. Who knows? Yeah, Rublev—he's struggling big time to just that was, get it over the line in slams. That was—was that the biggest story of the day? Rublev going out? I don't think so. But what mm. is the biggest story? I guess the biggest story for me is Masetti Alcala's playing in the next yeah. round. And and winning so convincingly, yeah. I feel like that that is it. And I I wouldn't say Djokovic's one was a big story. He just sort of went through in straights, but struggled a bit in a couple of sets, well tough sets, but went through. Other than that, I think that's pretty much it. I think we've covered everything. Yeah. So let's get that off, and uh, we'll 
finish this one. Um, are we going to give any predictions on here? We're we going to do a separate uh, predictions one for that tomorrow. Well, it's up to you. Maybe we can do a separate predictions tomorrow. Just one thing I do want to say is please join us tomorrow. We will be covering some matches. We've got Sverev TFO on the evening match. Mm. And we will also be covering Coco Goff Andreva and Iga Wang at 2.15. Of course, that's subject to change depending on matches before. Rebecca is mm. in action. I actually personally prefer the women's matches tomorrow. I think they're more exciting. Uh, the only men's one I really like is Surundalo Fritz. Jabur is on. She's the last lady on against Danilovic as well. Interesting to see how she gets on. Danilovic, one of the qualifiers still in on the women's side. So that one might be entertaining as well. Yeah, 34 minutes like we always do. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> Thanks for watching and we'll see you tomorrow for more Roland Garros action. And of course, another big podcast. See you then. Vamos Calitos. Irimo. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.